The Anton Savage Show on News Talk. We're joined by Barbara Scully, writer and broadcaster, and John Lee, executive editor at DMG Media Ireland, which is, of course, among other things, the parent company for the uh, Irish Daily Mail and the Mail on Sunday. And they're going to look at the big stories of the day. And I suppose, Barbara, the one to start with is the front of the Irish Independent. Bad news financially for people. The uh, paper telling us central bank throwing families to the wolves. Yeah. Yeah, again, and this is, you know, this, the, this is again related, I suppose, to the, the housing catastrophe crisis emergency we have. But people who have got mortgages already, apparently 100,000 of those mortgages been sold on to vulture funds um, and where they had been previously assured by politicians, etc., that the terms and conditions they had signed up to would continue to apply. Apparently that is not the case. And so, <clears throat> excuse me, the... Um, they are likely to be being charged higher interest rates um, once the once the European Central Bank started putting up their interest rates. These vulture funds tend to put them up at a higher rate. And um, from my understanding, which is limited <laughs> of all of this stuff, these vulture funds are not uh, subject to the same uh, regulations. So, as you say, uh, these families are being thrown to the wolves. And you know what? Whether it transpires to be as I have just described or not, <clears throat> I think that families at the moment have so much to worry about financially that, you know, even if it's the worry of this kind of stuff, I mean, the biggest worry when you're struggling, um, which a lot of people are at the moment, is continuing to be able to provide a roof over your head and continuing to be able to hold on to to your family home. So I think the stress of it um, is huge for a lot of families. Um, And again, you know, to me, uh, as I say, I'm not an expert on any of this, but to me, it's just another part of this whole housing crisis, catastrophe, mess that we seem to be unable to sort out. Well, we're going to be talking uh, in a while to the Housing Minister, Dara O'Brien, about exactly that, because it does seem to be. I mean, if, if you if you look back, we are now yeah. eight to ten years into a crisis and crisis response and nearly a decade on where is the output and, and the numbers of, are getting worse. Lots of things that just don't seem to have worked, like I know from personal experience, the strategic housing legislation, which was meant to fast track planning permissions and was meant to do the devil and all, that doesn't seem to have had any impact. Um, so, no, and we're know, true. I mean, if you go back, it was Enda Kenny who was chairing the cabinet, the special cabinet committee on housing. We have now gone through three Taoiseach trying yes. to deal with this and we still have not only a problem, we have a worse problem. We yeah. have more on the on the housing list than before. Um, some of the numbers within this, John Lee, the uh, reporting is by Charlie Weston and he's saying, Borrowers whose loans were sold to vulture funds have been told that their mortgage rates are going to go as high as 7%. That's And told as well in the letter this um, start start mortgages for instance is one of the um, one of the companies mentioned as having written to lenders and they have said that start do not offer um, new products which means you won't have any other option but to go with this variable rate you won't be given a fixed rate and as we know the ECB is um, raising rates across the board uh, I'm not sure the provenance now Charlie Weston just to be clear you know um, they're, they're, a vulture fund is, a, is a, I'm sure considered by these companies to be a derogatory phrase but nevertheless he, he cites Start and Pepper as two of the companies involved in this and it appears they bought mortgages from other companies. I'm not sure the provenance of these companies but I do notice in, in, in Britain for instance there's been a, a a relaxation 
huge and a relaxation is a very mild word for it of all the rules that were brought in post-crash on banks for an awful lot of safeguards that were there they're now gone in Britain whether we like it or not unfortunately even though they're outside the EU a lot of what goes on there follows so it just indicates to me that internationally now there seems to be a, a, a collective sigh um, uh, of relief amongst the banking sector where they where a lot of restrictions we thought had been imposed on them are being relaxed. So and You'd have to assume, though, that the people <coughs> who are facing down the barrel of 7% mortgage rates, as cited in that piece, they don't have much in the way of options because the likelihood is if you're in the kind of situation where you have a mortgage that somebody can charge you a 7% variable rate, no other financial institution is going to be eager to offer you anything else. No, and they're not. Uh, banks are... Um, despite those easing restrictions in other jurisdictions, they are still reluctant to take on, take you on if there's any hint of a risk. And one would assume, and not being unfair to some of the borrowers here, they may have ha- they may present risk. Um, also, when, when we say complicated, Barbara said <coughs> she found the area difficult to um, figure out. Sometimes that she's not an expert. None of us. I'm not anyway. But when I read down through this, it. it it also seems as though people have have complicated arrangements with these banks, which makes it even more heartrending because I think one lender they refer to has got a mixed situation where they really can't pay the entirety of the mortgage and some of that has been set aside and yet this high interest rate is being put on the part that they are. So how much are they really being relaxed on by not paying the other hit? So... It but doesn't look good. Are, it's a hundred thousand people we're talking about here as well. It's not a small. It's, it's not a small number. Your bank specialised in this complication. Even trying to get through to talk to a bank, I had a <coughs> credit transfer return that I couldn't understand the other day, and trying to get through to my bank to actually talk to somebody was next and 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 hugely time consuming. I know the banks have reduced staff and they're very busy, and you know we've a lot of calls and and you're like, hello. Self-employed, my time is money as well. And an hour later, you're still trying to get through to a human being. And very often, the only way you can do that is by tweeting about it and saying, can you please give me the secret of how I talk to a person? Oh, yeah, because the first time it it happens to you where you go to a branch and you discover that all the branch can do is hold your hand while they guide you back into the system that you were trying to get into at home. It's mental. In terms of the cost. Haven't been in a long time. Haven't been in a branch. No. No. They're very different. They're yeah. terribly shiny, and there's lots shock. of signage, but there's not and much. They're in the like way lobbies. Of people. Yeah. <laughs> um, the the bad news, of course, as if there wasn't enough in in the story itself, is it is unlikely that the pattern of increasing interest rates is going to change any time soon because the battle for against inflation continues. So we're likely to see more rate hikes. And if the banks, if the lenders in this instance are passing on those rate hikes, this seven percent, I assume, could even go up. That's terrible. <laughs> I don't want to engage in that kind of conversation. Yeah, I mean, you know, like everything else, <laughs> it possibly will go up. Um, there's very little that isn't going anyway, except up at the moment. So, yeah. Well, on the on the topic of the of going up, in the world's worst segue, we've gained an astronaut, John. What <laughs> yes, do you think of this? That is the world's worst segue. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah. It just seemed like a golden opportunity <laughs> to take it. And it seem, um, an Irish astronaut. A striking looking woman too, um, Rihanna Adam. Uh, who has said that with regret and I thought of the exact same thing myself when I heard it that she must start doing the lotto more often um, that she entered the competition with a million other people to get a seat on a, on a flight to the moon um, the person who's cited as being the, 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 the lovely person who's doing it is a Japanese billionaire called up try it Yusaku Maizawa 
who, who is uh, an art collector and has decided that he's bought up a few sp- seats on the SpaceX, which is Elon Musk, that guy that I really enjoy the the bet noir he has become for all the liberal liberal softies on on Twitter. But he does good things too, and he has has a, is sending a, a rocket to the moon, and this young woman from Cork will be on it. This is one of those sentences that if you'd said it <laughs> 10 years ago, people say, run that past me again. So a billionaire is sending a private rocket ship to go around the moon. For be, what? Being paid for by a Japanese billionaire who's run a competition and a cork woman is going to be on the crew. Have I this right? I think That's correct. That, yeah, yeah, I think you've that right. And I think the Japanese uh, art fella bought all the seats on it. Um, and uh, as I say, this woman won the competition. Uh, he has eight artists and creatives going. Now, what's not clear uh, from the bit I read is to what I presume they're Why? going to be inspired by, by the moon. By, but you know what? You know what I they think? They don't land on it, do they? No, no they're, they just they're get, they just orbiting get close the moon. To it. Um, but I think, but you know what I think about this, and uh, you know, I was thinking about. It. I mean, it's great. You know, this woman's obviously delighted. It's something she wants to do. She presumably will think she'd be able to become very creative and be, you know, whatever. When you look at the moon, but to me, the moon is all about magic, and the moon has to be seen from from Earth in order to be magic. And I think if you can't get inspired by looking at a beautiful moon like we saw last night, that lovely low yellow moon uh, that was over Dublin Bay last night. I don't think getting any closer to it is going to be any more inspiration. can't write off all that poetry and art that Buzz Aldrin and Michael Collins <laughs> produced when they came back. It was a wonderful <laughs> creative period. She is a fantastic... <laughs> according to the uh, Irish Daily Mail... I had to get the plug in, John, while you were here. Oh, thank according you to the yeah, uh, Irish Daily Mail... piece by Helen Bruce. Cork photographer is what she is by profession. Yeah, I think I think a general artist. She's she's regarded by a lot of uh, major outlets as yes. well as as being worthy of publishing her work. Le Mans, the BBC, um, British Journal of Photography, but she does documentary work, etc. I'm not cl- quite clear. Where, where was the restriction? Was there a restriction on those who could apply? Did you have to have artistic merit? Maybe you did, but certainly she has. Uh, you can't just let anybody get close to the moon, John. It, like it's sending you up a waste of journey. What what would it inspire in you well, by it, proximity to the moon? <laughs> I would, um, I would, what could inspire me? Yeah, yeah. that's it. If you were an artist, it already, even the thought would have creativity flowing out of your pores. I'm sure you'd a few photographs from a position where no one else can take them. Uh, Certainly, and I I know we were facetiously saying, um, saying it about Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong, but certainly it seemed to change their whole perspective on, 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 on mankind, uh, even with Neil Armstrong's. Wasn't it actually a miss, a misspoke, he said, one, 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 one small, small it, theoretically, it was going to be one small step for a man, a man, one giant leap for mankind, and he'd left out the yeah. But this is—he maintains that it was a breakup in transmission, though. I read a piece during the week um, about Elon Musk, which, which admitted at the start they were they were going to mention all the great things he's done as a setup to this horrific um, um, action he has taken. People believe that doesn't affect 99% of the planet who don't care about about taking over twitter which is a which is a media um bubble uh, of of extraordinary levels but he he has he was told 20 years ago that you'll never make electric cars trendy or sporty or or anything else and you'd know more about this than than I Anton and and he did it and he made himself very rich and then SpaceX he was laughed at as as wanting to bring people to to the moon etc and now he's doing it and it 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 has done some good for the planet see I'm a cynic John (laughs) and I look at the Tesla thing so do I (laughs) but I don't know much about Tesla's I've got an old diesel 
Uh, Elon Musk has done a very good job at buying stuff that other people have been very creative around. Um, and then... Did, not, did Steve Jobs not do the same? He wasn't actually a creator. Steve as, Jobs as was I very good at, at instructing other people to yeah. do things the way he wanted them done. The front of the Irish Examiner. Interesting story. Schools warned over alcohol material. Barbara, this is a story that says the government has warned schools not to use alcohol industry funded programmes such as drink awares in the classroom following calls from campaigners against the practice. This is one of those where you read and you go, hang on a minute. They were doing what? This is so Irish, isn't it? It's it's um, yeah. I mean, the, the biggest thing that jumped out. I mean, we've all heard of drink aware, but I think most of us aren't necessarily aware of the fact that drink aware are funded by the alcohol industry to the tune of 99% funded by the alcohol industry. So they're fully funded by the alcohol industry. Now, the ju- other thing... Just to, to make that clear, the on their own website, so that uh, nobody thinks you're doing them a disservice, they say, Drinkaware currently receives funding from the following, and there is a long list, but the list includes... Bulmers, Clonakilty <laughs> Distillery, Diageo, Galway Craft Beers, Heineken, Irish Distillers, Perno Rickard, Lambe Irish Whiskey, Molson Coors, McAllister Distilleries, Pierce Lyons Distilleries, Powers Court Distillery, Quintessential Brands and the Rye River Brewing Company, as well as uh, Walsh Whiskey and more. Yeah. No Dutch there Gold, go. There you go. Is uh, the, I think Dutch Gold might be the Azure one then, is it? Is it Carlsberg owner? Is it gone? I, 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 I also noticed in the piece that um, the, the government has warned schools before not to do this uh, and the examiner broke that story at the time so they haven't heeded them very well I, and I, like Barbara, was shocked to hear that they have such an extent, read to such an extent of funding. And I, I, Do you know what's more shocking? They've charitable status. Yeah, that to me is as bigger shock is as big a shock as the fact that they are fully funded by the alcohol industry and they get charitable status. How in God's name did they achieve charitable status? Well, I assume well, what they will say is if you look at what our mission specifically sets out to do, if you look at the governance that we have put in place, if you look at our memos and arts of foundation, we have a charitable we uh, intent. We take all the boxes, we, but we are a functioning charity. And if if the drink, drinks industry chooses to fund us. That is their right, and I'm sure anybody else could choose to fund them. But man, it's still a slightly odd situation where the drinks a man industry lost to a, a lost a son to alcohol um, yeah. complications is cited, and that they've absolutely no role, should have no role in school. I'm a, I'm I'm a former drinker who now drinks no longer, and I'm a bit of a. Why'd ta- you stop? I drank too much. Yeah, I was a, I was in an industry where there was a, an awful lot of it going on. So by my forties, I'd I'd had enough. So I now look back at. So many things that probably wouldn't strike those who 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 decided to give up drink like I did when it comes to my kids, and we we're very much a Taliban household now when it comes to alcohol. And I, and I think I worked, which was the culture culture at the time. I worked in a pub, for instance, from the age of thirteen. I was around pubs. I was exposed to alcohol as, and and excessive alcohol drinking. Not at home, of course. My parents didn't, but. Um, I think back that I, I saw a, norm, a normality in it uh, very early in life, which I, I, th- I think is very important to keep children away from, that, that kids are exposed to excessive drinking in, in Ireland. And I think it's very damaging. <coughs> and well, it's really involved with the drinks industry in education children when it comes to alcohol it should be not tolerated. Now, what Drink Aware <laughs> will undoubtedly say in response to that where they hear Barbara is they would say, but look, this is the drinks industry being mature and being responsible and they sell a legitimate product and uh, it can yeah. be enjoyed in moderation. And what we are trying to do is inculcate moderate behaviours yeah. 
in the sale and purchase of our products. Well, like you, I would be a cynic. And I would say that is a bit like, you know, again, as I say, uh, you know, kind of uh, people in the greyhound industry uh, voting for animal welfare rights, you know, and, and working in that area. It's the same thing. I mean, I, yeah, I don't buy it. There's too much. I don't think the alcohol industry should be anywhere near educating our children about alcohol and, and being aware and, and mo- drinking in moderation. But I think what John said is really interesting because um, I would be older probably than John by a bit. No way. Um, uh, my parents, like I grew up in a house where there was no drink. My father was a pioneer. Like there was probably a bottle of sherry and brandy if you had an upset stomach. But there was no putting bottles of wine in your trolley every time you did your, your weekly shopping, which myself and my husband did for years. And like you, we drank way too much for years, which we didn't realise. Now, menopause, John, is a great thing for sorting out the drink as well, you know, because you just can't drink anymore very much. Um, and I found that with lots of women I know um, that, you know, okay, I haven't yeah. been drunk for about 10 years, which I... I, I mourn. I can have one drink, but how I does the menopause impact on your capacity to drink? You just can't. You just cannot drink. You get the most awful. Uh, I got migraines, but you get the most awful headaches like the next day. But you also you physically start to get heartburn, and you know, on your third drink, you're like, oh, I just don't feel right. I just so you you go. You're on an express train from. Oh, that tastes nice. And then you go straight to, now I feel shit. And you don't get the kind of bit in the middle <laughs> where There's not that enjoyment on the yeah, journey. that's gone. Well, it so, is a poison alcohol, you know. Yeah. So your body probably can't process it like it did. There's one story that I just want to mention, which is on the, again on the, the front of the mail. Two plugs, John. Jeez, jeez. Oh, well worth the price much. of admission. I appreciate it. Um, this is Ronan Collins bowing out from RTE after 43 years. Now, technically it was two shows because I think there was there was, uh, was an the afternoon, afternoon and then the first, first yeah. But 43 years effectively of non-stop on, on uh, Radio 1. The show being the highest rated music programme in the world. So obviously, best of luck to Ronan. Cause really? Really? Yeah, and sorry, not in the world, in, in Ireland. In oh, the world. Okay. But if you go by per capita, it's probably competitive okay. on a per capita basis. But Ronan has said very clearly he is not retiring. He's doing other stuff and there'll be other stuff in the pipeline. But the reason I mention it is um, it is being reported that it's Louise Duffy who is taking over. And uh, Louise, a former, former colleague, colleague of mine, and, so pal, and I'm delighted for her. And best of luck and break a leg and all that kind of good stuff. All right. John Lee, executive editor at DMG Media and Barbara Scully, writer, broadcaster and now uh, self-confessed cynic here on the programme. <laughs> both. Thank you very much. The Anton Savage Show, Saturday morning at 9 on News Talk.